Now let's read about it. You all can listen and read along to how Peter has figured out that Jesus is still completing the good work. It comes from Acts 2, chapter 29 through 39. Brothers and sisters, I can speak confidently about the patriarch David. He died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this very day. Because he was a prophet, he knew that God promised him with a solemn pledge to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Having seen this beforehand, David spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he wasn't abandoned to the grave, nor did his body experience decay. This Jesus God raised up. We are all witnesses to the fact. He was exalted to God's right side and received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. He poured out this Spirit, and you are seeing and hearing the results of his having done so. David didn't ascend into heaven, yet he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right side until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel know beyond question that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the crowd heard this, they were deeply troubled. They said to Peter and other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Change your hearts and lives. Each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God invites. It's the word of God for the people of God. Let us say together, thanks be to God. Friends, will you please pray with me and for me? Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, you still are speaking. Holy Spirit, awaken our hearts, minds, and the depths of our soul to hear from you. And Holy Spirit, may all, I say, point us toward greater union with you and with each other. Amen. So we've been journeying with Peter for a few weeks now. But in Peter's life, this has been a few years. And this period has brought moments of brilliance. There have been moments of complete failure. Peter has gotten it right. He's gotten it wrong. He has been passionate and he has been arrogant. Peter has been remarkably human. And yet through it all, Jesus has marked him as beloved. And the invitation has continued. Come, follow me. After several years of doing life with Jesus, Peter has built a firm foundation for his faith. He knows who he is now, and he, more importantly, knows whose he 
is. But Peter's story isn't done yet. It doesn't end with him and Jesus just having the conversation that they had last week. Because last week Jesus didn't ha- just didn't just have a conversation with Peter. He had a mission for Peter. Feed, tend, look after my sheep. Jesus gave Peter actions to accomplish. As Peter gets ready for this next step in following Jesus, I imagine that our brash, impulsive, and overconfident follower has come to realize something new. He needs help. (laughs) He's not going to be able to do this on his own. After spending several years with Peter, Jesus, too, was well aware that Peter and his friends were going to need help. And Jesus knows that our God loves to help those who admit they need it. So enter in the God who has no physical bounds and is present everywhere. Present everywhere with anyone looking to party. The God and Spirit, the one who empowers us beyond what any of us can imagine, the Holy Spirit comes. Peter now has reason to be legitimately confident. He's no longer just kind of faking it till he makes it. He's no longer just putting on this facade of a guy who is too big for his britches because he is empowered. And he himself is witnessing some seriously remarkable things going down in his neighborhood. Lives are being transformed all across this ancient Near East world. New communities are forming, and they are living in radically different ways. But that was thousands of years ago. What does that mean for us now? Friends, I submit this to you. The Holy Spirit is showing us that if she can take somebody like Peter and do these incredible works, the rest of us are out of excuses. The Holy Spirit doesn't let us play it safe in our spiritual lives. That's the truth we need to hear today. If the Holy Spirit can take somebody like Peter and do some remarkable things, she can take you and me too. And yet at the same time, it's not just about us as individuals. It's always a bigger story that God is writing, and this is the bigger story about the entire church community, that the Spirit is still here to form and renew. And the Spirit is still speaking through these ancient texts, through these ancient stories, telling us that God calls the church to such bold action that unless God is in it, it will fail. That's what God called Peter toward. Such bold action that unless God was in it, it will fail. That's still our message and mission today.
church has never been called to play it safe. At least not a church that wants the power of the Holy Spirit and not just human striving. We are called and equipped for bold action. Now let me define bold. Because that's pretty important, right? Boldness isn't recklessness. Especially in this season that we're currently in. Boldness isn't recklessness. It doesn't mean that we forget wisdom or don't use discernment. I'm not telling you to go play the lottery every week. I'm not saying we should set aside thousands of dollars to put in a big fancy electronic sign in our church front yard. Doesn't even mean we're going to have the most likes on our Facebook page, although I certainly would appreciate it if some more people would share our worship. Doesn't even mean we're going to have the best church live stream. It means we should expect God to call us toward acts of mercy, love, justice, generosity, and kindness that we don't think we can pull off. We should expect to be called toward acts that will seem and feel overwhelming. We should expect God calling us toward ways of life that aren't entirely comfortable. Peter just told these ancient Jews like him that they just crucified their Lord and that was the way toward, and realizing that was the way toward life. That's not comfortable. It's safe, but it's not comfortable. The message of Jesus is always safe but it will not make us comfortable. And that God who can transform those individuals 2,000 years ago into this radical new way of life show us that it's not arrogant to believe in a big God. It's not arrogant to believe that God can truly transform things. We can have a quiet and humble confidence that God can work through us to do things that we never thought we could do on our own. Friends, I'm not sure if anyone's ever told you this before. When I heard it years ago, I wasn't sure what I thought about it. It took me some time to think it through, but I have come to realize that it is just as much of a sin to think less of yourself as it is to think uh, too much of yourself. Might even be more of a sin, in fact. We don't have to think that we're just some lost person. God makes beautiful creation so much more than that. Peter is showing us that we don't have to play it safe in this journey of faith. It's okay to, with discernment and wisdom, put ourselves out there a bit. 
Because what we see in this book of Acts, especially in this passage, is that the Spirit is already meeting us there. The Spirit prepares people for when we are called to act. God's Spirit calls us past the safe enclaves and our known places of comfort. A bold faith means we become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And we live that out by having a faith community that willingly lives into vulnerability, tells the truth, and always, even when it doesn't make sense, showcases continual hope. A bold faith is seen when we are terrified of moving forward and trust God to take that next step anyway and discovered that the grace was right there waiting for us. Beautiful and yet still disorienting and confusing grace. But it is grace there with us. Bold acts of faith aren't some grand performance, but they're simple acts done in subversive ways. The bold things that Jesus did were simple, and yet they completely rubbed people the wrong way and altered society. Showing mercy, hospitality, and acceptance to all the wrong people, sharing meals with tax collectors, standing with women continually who are deemed untrustworthy or worthless, these are the, spirit, the things that the Spirit calls and equips us to do. And they are bold acts of faith. Friends, perhaps the thing holding the church back isn't our culture that we love to complain about, but it's our belief in a small God. The church has to stop thinking, speaking death into existence and start being present with a God of life. We need to rewire our minds into believing that God is in fact still capable of amazing things in our world. And amazing doesn't mean grand, it means that there is a simple and powerful love present. Because us Methodists, we're pretty big grace people. If you read any of what um, the Wesley brothers wrote, you know, now thousands of years ago, or hundreds of years ago, excuse me, um, grace comes up a lot. And here's why. Because when you talk about grace, people just talk about forgiveness. But we don't believe that grace is just about forgiveness. Grace doesn't live, leave us just as people who are lost and helpless in our sin. We actually believe that because the Holy Spirit is present with us, God's grace continues, continues to work in us and through us into this deeper, wider, really deep into this journey with Jesus 
and that any remaining sin or brokenness in us individually and even communally can be overcome because of grace. Through the Holy Spirit, we can actually be free from the power of sin. Now, full confession, I've never met anybody that's actually received that gift. As we say, we're kind of on the path toward that. But the belief in the grace is there. And this is why the early church did life together. They wanted to experience something new and different than what was else was being offered. And they wanted to do this journey together. Now that got really messy. Anytime there's intentional communi community, it gets really messy. And in that mess, there needs to be continual repentance, confessions, and a whole lot of grace. <laughs> Well, let's still not be shy. Let's have a quiet confidence that God is still at work among us because the Spirit is at work in us and through us. And we can trust that God is still speaking 